Hey guys, it's Mark here from Exchange Traded Fridays and ETF Tracker, bringing the weekly review for the week ending the 26th of November, 2021. This is episode number 19, if you've been following along and uh, we are nearly there. We're nearly there at the end of the year. There's so much that has happened from when we started this earlier in July this year. So thanks for coming along on the journey. If you are listening or watching along on YouTube or Spotify, please do make sure to like, share and subscribe, all of the above or even just one of those. And for those of you that don't know, we do a weekly newsletter so you can get access to that newsletter um, via email. If you subscribe to the etftracker.com.au website, but also you can read it for free on the blog page. So we've got a section on the blog called Exchange Traded Friday. So make sure you take a look at that. We're gonna go through that newsletter now. So yes, it is easier if you are watching along, but certainly we try to accommodate for those that are listening. So I'll read, you know, what it is that we're talking about there. So whatever way you choose to do it, uh, we definitely have that format for you. So what happened in this week's news? Well, we're gonna to go to the articles now. So I'm just gonna share my screen and we can see that here. Now we'll zoom in uh, just because it might be a bit small if you're watching it on uh, the phone. So as I said, this is issue number 19, 26 November, 2021. And unlike the last couple of weeks, which have all been about crypto and potential listing and eventually getting a listing of a futures ETF, and here in Australia, getting the blockchain and crypto uh, exposed type ETFs in um, the the listings of ASX and ChiX, and we're still waiting on a spot Bitcoin ETF. There's been approval from ASIC on that, but all of that has been all that's been covering the news over the last couple of weeks. A little bit less on that this week, which is good because we get to talk about some of the other ETFs there. We just report the news in terms of what is making the headlines, and so. This week it was interesting. So we we had a look at um, things like what was going on in the world of ASX and TriX listed ETFs, and that was from ETF Securities. They got their weekly news on that. We also saw a little bit more about um, the Ark ETFs and Ark Invest, and the, the short ETFs that have launched recently and have done well because Ark is not doing so well. The ARKK ETF. So there's a short Ark ETF. So we'll take a look at that. And we'll look more into digging under the hood of ETFs. And there's a live wider article on that, as well as a piece on tokenization from one of our favorite uh, ETF news providers. And in the education piece, we're going to look at Bloomberg, who have a six part series that we watched before and we've referenced in one of our earliest or some of our earliest articles on the website. So worth a look there. Okay. Now let's get to the news, the local news. So the first one here is from FN Arena on SMSF Fundamentals. Active managers switch to ETFs. And this article is all about seeing how there's been an increase of 26% over the last 12 months of actively managed ETFs, according to research done by John Dial over at Rainmaker Group. And what he was highlighting in the article was that um, active managers have... Um, grown internationally and we've seen a lot of that in the equity products uh, here in australia it is 3.7 billion uh, as of september 2020 it's grown to 20.5 billion dollars that's active etfs over 16 percent of the total market is now active and that is increasing so 
Certainly something to keep an eye on. ETFs, there is this myth that they're all just passive investing. It certainly isn't. Um, you do need to do your research and your homework when you pick your ETFs to see what fits. But as we say, and we, we see many others talk about this as well, there's certainly room for both active and passive when it comes to ETFs in a portfolio. So these are some interesting insights that they have here. We'll go to the article now from FN Arena. If you're not already a subscriber um, and you haven't seen FN Arena, I definitely recommend you check them out because they've got some great analysis and data and other news about the markets in general. And you can see the article here from Mark Woodruff. So they have some charts here. So for example, they look at the growth in actively managed ETF and ETP assets as at the end of October, 2021. And so there's some charts here, top 20 actively managed ETFs. Um, this is globally. So they've got new Veen growth opportunities fund, which launched, uh, when did that launch? So it's got, um, uh, how much is it here? So October 1.6 billion. So it's reported in millions and this is a thousand. So it's 1.6 billion there. Um, there's a couple of other, uh, ones here that you might have heard of. Uh, nothing Australia based because we are a growing market. So, you know, we're not quite there yet, but certainly we are growing to the point where, you know, we will hopefully make some waves in the future. So worth a look at there if you're interested in whether the global active or just what's going on here locally amongst uh, those ETFs. Now we'll jump to Livewire. This one is titled, Know What's in Your ETF. And in this article, they have a chat with Max Pacella, sorry, sorry, Max Pacella writes this article here. He's from Mason Stevens. And he digs under the hood of what is going on under some ETFs. And there's a couple of analogies there. So if you like the analogies such as like look under the hood and all that kind of stuff, then definitely worth a look at here. So if we take a look at it, uh, let's see what is written here. So if you're not subscribed to Livewire Markets, then I definitely recommend you check that out as well. So in this one, he comes across a, a, a quote from uh, the legal space. So uh, I'm not in that space. I've got friends that are. I haven't heard this one. I have heard of some of this kind of stuff, but in this case, it's laws are like sausages. It is better not to see them being made. And so that's uh, an interesting one. He also quotes here, Peter Lynch famously said, you have to know what you own and why you own it. And I guess that goes along the lines of like the do your own research and look under the hood and, you know, don't just trust what's on the label and, you know, do ETFs do what they say on the tin and talk about that as well. And what it says here is as investors, we have a choice to either purchase direct securities, which is akin to the meat of a sausage and try to work that into a tasty meal ourselves, a portfolio. So a tasty meal being all the different elements of that meal or we can employ a manager in the form of a managed fund or ETF provider to portion all the meat together for us, the sausage. So that's the analogy there. Um, do with that what you may, but the point is, is that, yeah, there are these ways that active ETFs and actively manage, um, active management of those ETFs that might be in your portfolio can be done by active uh, managers. Or you can pick and choose yourself, but even with passive ETFs, some will fall out of favor. I mean, broad market, as long as the market is trending upwards and most of the time it does, then that's gonna give you certain returns. But at a lower risk level, you're not gonna get as much returns as if you go into certain thematics or certain factor-based smart beta type ETFs. But the problem with those is that 
as the markets change and uh, move dynamically, then if you don't know how to navigate that and what to do with your ETFs and whether you should or shouldn't make a move there, all of that decision-making would fall on you unless you have uh, people that you know can take care of that kind of stuff for you. So they look at the universe of ETFs from passive to active equity and all of the different other types such as alternatives, commodities, real estate, etc. Alternative ETFs, he looks at here the multiple styles of alternative ETFs like equity volatility, ETFs, uh, interest rate volatility, linked ETFs, leverage short and leverage long ETFs as well. And uh, there's a breakdown of what it could mean if you were in a two times cumulative or two times daily type ETF. And what do those numbers mean? A nice little breakdown here for those that are looking to understand this kind of stuff. So worth a look at there. They also highlight that you should know your index. And I think that is very, very important, even though you know you might understand what the holdings are it's always good to also know what is going on in the index because if it's a passive etf it's going to track an index that index might have some history so if you don't have like a long history of the etf being around because it's just new you can always look to if that index has more history and you know what's it made of and how has it performed and um, who provides it so some information around that and then finally, the proof is in the pudding. So not an exhaustive list of checks, but certainly ones to look out for. So check that out from Livewire Markets and sign up so that you can comment, ask questions and um, just be subscribed to all the new things that they have. We were on a uh, income series uh, set of uh, talks that they had over there at Livewire Markets. So that was with Ali Selby and some other uh, journalists over there. So if you were interested in income, whether across ETFs or other types of assets, then, you know, certainly worth a look at too. So that was the second article. Thirdly, we'll take a look at ETF securities and their weekly reports. So we usually highlight performance here with ETF securities, but this time we're going to look at inflows. So they report on inflows as well. And they said from the report, this is word for word, Total reported flows into domestically domiciled ETFs were 296 million for the week. Um, not quite word for word, I added a few things there. While outflows totaled 135 million, the largest inflows for the week were into Global Value Fund, VLUE, Crypto Equity Fund, CRYP, and Global Quality Fund, QUAL, Battery Tech Fund, ACDC, and Hydrogen Fund, HGEN, also saw strong flows for the week. And this week's largest outflows were from Cash Fund AAA. Now, what's interesting is that last month, um, when we look at the whole month, so this is just for the week, uh, last month when we looked at the statistics from the ASX and CHIX that got put together, uh, AAA, AAA was the one that had the most inflows, I believe, uh, for the month of October. So interesting to see that um, there's been some pullback in uh, the, the inflows and flows are a sign of uh, how much money is going in. I mean, it's a sign. It is actually how much money is going in or out of those ETFs, but it can be seen as a sign of uh, positivity or how popular that particular ETF is. So worth a look at there. Now let's go to the global articles and what's going on around the world. And as I said before, like there's always been a lot of news. I mean, all the talk around Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto type ETFs uh, and the different ways you can get exposure to that, whether it's directly to the spot Bitcoin or crypto ETFs or it's for, you know, the ETFs that hold companies that they themselves either are involved 
in that industry or it's a company like say MicroStrategy that holds on its balance sheet a lot of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. So that's indirect. So we were seeing a lot of the articles in the global section start to trickle up. You know, it was just an article here or there. And then there was more chatter and more talk as approvals were pending in the US. And then we also saw some stuff going on here. But last week it was pretty quiet on that front. So um, maybe it is the calm before the next storm and the wave of uh, new things going on in the world of uh, Bitcoin type ETFs. So what are we getting to here? So even though um, it was not so much on the crypto focus, we do see this one here about tokenization, which is a common term amongst uh, cryptocurrency and DeFi. So in this one, it is from ETF Trends. And if you haven't heard of ETF Trends, we've sometimes quoted it. We've sometimes highlighted them being on our various podcasts and they've got their own show as well. And in this case, we featured an article from Dave Nadig over there. His ETF Trends channel, uh, basically, they've got a crypto focused area of the website, which is pretty new but they do look at um, tokens and crypto and, and all that kind of stuff as it relates to ETFs. So in this one, what was interesting, um, he was looking at a new crypto concept called token sets, which is like a basket of cryptocurrencies. And if you think about the basket, there's another analogy, baskets of stocks are basically what ETFs are. Well, it's not just stocks, there's also fixed income and other types of assets there, but baskets are uh, basically an ETF type concept. And so, this is what he's seeing here. So he writes about token sets. There's a lot more to learn in terms of things like what is a DAO, um, which is a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, and how a lot of these are coming up now and um, how this can move towards proper asset management. So check out this article uh, and more in the series that he's got here. So I'll take a quick look at the article here. So this is, as you can see here, for those that are watching, Crypto Channel is this particular area of ETF trends if you haven't already seen it. And so there's a couple of other articles here, but he talks about why tokenization matters, what are token sets and token ETFs and um, how that looks and how you, you can do things like redeem um, them. There's uh, one that he owns on token sets called MVI, which is Metaverse Index. And we've seen all this talk about Metaverse, uh, especially as Facebook changed their name to Meta and what's that's, what that is all about. And so we take a look here. He said that he bought um, this token, MBI, which is also an ERC-20 token. And that's also another term that if you're into DeFi, you will learn. He swapped some ETH, ETH for MBI using a swap facility. There's like SushiSwap and a bit, uh, variety of other ones out there. And that's how most folks do it. You basically use a decentralized exchange, which is another fancy word for another smart contract that runs a liquidity pool to engender swaps between digital assets. And he wrote about these in February, if you want uh, the Wayback Machine. So you can click on the links here. And then he talks about what the heck is a DAO and then the meaning of tokens and the bridge to asset management, because it is certainly, especially with decentralized finance, DeFi, it is certainly becoming more and more about that. And if you're interested in DeFi, um, stay tuned because we're gonna be doing some stuff in this space on DeFi. So there'll be a separate kind of channel that I'll share with all of you because, you know, the, the whole thing we're doing with ETFs and the reason why we started this way back in 2019 initially with the app and then in 2020, like getting it out there and making it public and then doing stuff on Ausbiz and all that and starting up the page, which, you know, this ETF tracker site started in late 2020 and into 2021. The reason we do 
all of this is for educational purposes. And so just like that with DeFi, we're learning more and more about that and we want to share that journey with you. And hopefully you can learn more about that as well. And so uh, worth a look at here um, on ETF trends. And so I thought I'd just highlight that. And so we'll go back. Um, the next one is Financial Times. And so they are talking about work from home ETFs. And they're saying here that these have diverged as investors bet on the reopening. In this article from the FT, we see that two ETFs uh, focus on work from home. They're greatly named. They are WFH and IWFH. They've seen vastly different performances. And so WFH has gone up 58% while IWFH is only up 4%. So 58%, 4%, very different performances, but you can see why when you look into the holdings. So for example, uh, IWFH has Netflix, Peloton, and Spotify, which have not done well, whilst WFH doesn't have these companies and it's, it's done well. And so this shows the importance of looking under the hood at the ETFs and what is going on underneath them, because you might have two ETFs that sound the same, they're property, they're tech, they're, you know, a specific region or they're both quality or value, whatever it is. But if you look under the hood at what they're holding, it doesn't matter if they're both labeled, hey, we're both value, you know, ETFs. One might do very, very differently in terms of performance than the other, purely because of the holdings that it has. It succumbs to, you know, its poor picks or the, you know, it does well on the strength of the picks that it has, has taken there. And you can see here a chart showing that divergence. I mean, into Q2 2021, both were trading fairly similarly. And then there was a breakaway with WFH just continuing to outperform. Um, so that's an interesting chart there from uh, data from Factset and then also from the Financial Times. I would look at this one here. And then finally, this is an article from Bloomberg, anti-ARC ETF shines as spiking yields drag down expensive tech. So this is highlighting the positive move in the anti-ARC sentiment um, this week with the launch of Tuttle Capital Short Innovation ETF, S-A-R-K or S-ARC. This has been a very well-timed ETF and they don't always get it right in terms of timing. I mean, you can't pick what is gonna go on with the markets. Like no one could pick that um, there was gonna be uh, the COVID scenario that we got over the last uh, year and a half, two years. And certainly no one could have picked um, that when, for example, ATEC launched last year to like a negative 19% return uh, in March last year. And then it was one of the better performing ETFs by the end of the year. It's very hard to pick what you know can happen. So. Yes, it was well-timed, a um, bit of luck as well, but maybe the sentiment is turning against ARK ETFs, ARK Invest. But yeah, you've got to consider that for yourself. There's a lot of research out there on this because it's such a well-known fund. ARK, ARKK was up 150% in 2020, so it did really well. 2021, not so well so far. So if you are a subscriber to Bloomberg, or even if you're not, I think that you can get a couple of ETF, sorry, a couple of articles for free that you can look at before you do have to uh, subscribe. And we've subscribed so we can show you, you know, this kind of stuff to you here. We can uh, read it as well. And um, yeah, definitely worth a look at for this article and more on Bloomberg. Uh, let's just go to it here. They've got a hub for ETFs. So if you go to ETFs, from the menu, you can see all these other articles here. So definitely worth the subscription. And if you just wanna stay up to date with what's going on in the news globally across ETFs, then definitely check out Bloomberg as well. 
Now, we're finally at the videos uh, section here. And the first one we wanna highlight is something that came up a couple of weeks ago, but um, we didn't highlight it back then, but I think it's worth a look, especially because we've seen more chatter about robotics amongst the various Reddit and Facebook threads and in the news, but robotics and AI. And in this case here, it is a chat between uh, Gemma Weeks. I'm gonna lower the volume on that one. Um, Gemma Weeks uh, from ETF Securities, and she has a chat over here with the the provider of um, the index. So this is Jeremy Capron from Robo Global, and they basically are the index provider for Robo, the ETF that ETF Securities tracks. And so let's have a quick listen. We'll jump ahead. Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, and uh, combining that with the benefits of ETF investing and index investing in terms of the discipline around the buying and, se and selling of securities, uh, in terms of the, the portfolio composition, you know, most ETFs out there are market cap weight, so they tend to over-represent already established large players, uh, whereas our approach is really to provide a forward-looking exposure to a technology revolution. So you'll find that there's a and uh, Jeremy's right there because a lot of ETFs do just take that market cap weighted ETF, which means that you're going to get more weighting in the larger end of town, um, the, the bigger uh, in terms of market cap holdings of a certain index will, yes, yeah, certainly um, if it's like an ASX 200, if it's a market cap weighted ETF, then you're going to be more exposed to the bigger end of town like CBA, CSL, et cetera. Um, instead of an approach where either they equal weighted or they do something a little bit differently. So yeah, worth uh, a look at here and you can see some more details uh, about that video. So interesting to see because it's always, you know, something we say where you've got to look under the hood. It's not just the holdings, but it's also who is the index provider? Who's the ETF manager? There's more of these insights that you can gain by going to the ETF provider pages and seeing some more details. The ETF securities have their own kind of YouTube page where you can see whether it's Kanish or, or the others going on Ausbiz and some of the other videos they have with their partners. And this is from the partner series. So worth a look at there. And now we'll go to Ausbiz. And um, the first one off the bat is uh, one from yesterday where they spoke to ETF securities again. It was Ganesh over there having a chat with the team all about European ETFs. And that's interesting because not often do we hear about the European play. And I think there's three ETFs and we highlight that in the charts below uh, that have a focus on Europe. And we always see technology, we see US, we see a lot of stuff on the different kinds of factor ETFs. And we see Asian and we see Australian type ETFs and robotics and, you know, it's all part of technology and ESG as well. But Europe and even emerging markets, and there's plenty, there's plenty of these other ones out there, property, etc. But Europe is one that isn't often spoken about. And so Ganesh gets into that one in this uh, Ausbiz video. So we'll take a quick look at that one. If you haven't signed up to Ausbiz, what are you doing? You need to. This is free information here. They've got over 50,000 subscribers. You need to check it out. There's a lot of great insights here, not just for ETFs, but whether it's companies or the call where, whether it's David Koch or one of the others, they will talk to two experts on different parts of the market and try to get their opinion on those uh, assets, uh, stocks or ETFs, et cetera. So worth a look at here. Uh, in this case, it is, is Europe the ugly duckling of the investing world? Yeah, so I guess what we're, from our point of view as an ETF provider, we sort of see a lot of interest still going into America. 
certain parts of Asia and obviously those that tech trade, which is worth- Yeah, he's right. There's a lot of uh, interest in those other areas. And, and the economies open up, there's cashed up investors are looking to spend, you know, so it's, it's, it's a sector that we sort of see has strong tailwinds, the luxury goods sector, in addition to the IT. So talk about luxury goods and IT and other things opening up there in Europe. So a bit of a tailwind. So worth a look at that video from Ausviz, but to watch the full video, you need to sign up and it's easy to sign up now. So they made it a lot easier. I think you can just um, either do one of the social type, you know, when you sign up, it says like, what's your name, email, um, or you can just use one of the social links. I think they've got that there. It's been a while since we signed up because we've been on the show quite a few times and uh, we're already logged in. So just got the auto login going on. Now we jump to this video with uh, BetaShares and Blair Medica from uh, BetaShares. He chats about technology and thematic ETFs and how the growth explosion in them has been seen here as well as overseas with the various metaverse and bitcoin type etfs and the crypto bitcoin etfs here so yep we, we did say that there's not much not as much in the crypto kind of space uh in terms of the articles that we've seen relating to etfs but you know there are videos on it here so worth a look at this one um, if you've got a spare you know five minutes all of these videos are just you know a short kind of uh five six minutes sometimes eight minutes or more um they're all around you know that kind of short video uh space and if you've been listening along i don't know how many minutes we've been on now but uh thank you thank you for uh, tuning in uh so far but you know if you're on youtube if you look below We've got chapters, so if you just want to jump straight to the videos from here or from the previous weeks when you are watching these uh, Exchange Traded Fridays videos, you can just go to the chapters and just jump straight ahead, okay? Alrighty, and this next one here is from uh, Ausbiz as well, and it's Annette Beecher there having a chat with Irfan Ahmed uh, of State Street. And um, it was Scuddy and Annette actually, sorry, having a chat. And it's the differences between traditional and crypto ETFs. They highlight direct and indirect exposure is available for the crypto space and the innovation in thinking that is coming from Bitcoin ETFs uh, here in Australia. So worth a look at there as well. The next one from Ausbiz, and we just copied the show notes here for this one. We didn't have time to do the summary, but it was um, attention uh, anyone who is looking to invest in private equity but doesn't know where to start. And this is interesting because Fanec launched a private equity ETF. So it's an ETF that is passive. It tracks an index called the LPX50, which is the global, uh, I think, largest 50 uh, private equity companies and that are listed. So it has to be listed so that they can invest, invest in it. And so it's John Caulfield there from Van Eck has a chat with the Ausbiz crew about this one. And so it is listed private equity companies. And so if you were really interested in pure private equity, I mean, you can go ahead and do that, but there are hurdles to getting into that space as a, say, for example, which probably most of you are not uh, sophisticated investors. And if you are wanting to get into private equity you need to be that sophisticated investor and there's like a high hurdle rate in terms of the money that you need to show the collateral that you need to show to become or to be known as a sophisticated investor that can get then get into private equity type trades but if you didn't want to do that or you weren't able to do that then now in australia you've got a private equity etf that you can buy into from van Eck. so certainly worth a look at here and that Ticker code is GPEQ. So have a look at that uh, ETF and also have a look at the uh, video here from Ausbiz on that. 
And finally, uh, actually, no, we've got a few more here, three more uh, Ausbiz videos. The first one here is from James Whelan from BFS Group. And uh, it's the end of the week and that prompted, um, so this is from last week, that prompted James to talk about his portfolio and about diversity in that portfolio. So to that end, he was adding gold as a precious metal price climbs on the back of rising inflation concerns. And we've certainly seen that as well in the data. Rather than buy the physical assets or individual gold stocks, James is looking for the global gold miners ETF, MNRS, and that he says has been slowly coming back from the dead. So worth a look at that video here. The next two, first one is from Scott Phillips of uh, The Motley Fool, and he talks about ETFs of influencers and why he bought Fortescue Metals. And in this video, Scott talks about uh, how investors need to look under the hood with ETFs to treat them as you would do with a normal stock investment. Look under the hood. This and more talk about influencers and what to look out for them in that video. And that's a good 11 minutes there. So that's uh, a nice one there from Scott from The Motley Fool. So have a look at that one. And then finally, um, we highlight this other one um, also from uh, State Street Global Advisor. They talked to Rath over there. He's the head of investment strategy and he gets across uh, ETF flows, trends and challenges as we head towards the end of the year. Talks about fixed income exposure as well, property plays and where the greatest growth will happen in 2022. So if you're interested in those kind of crystal ball plays, worth a look at that video. Now we get to the podcast and this is a new one that we wanted to highlight and that's why we've got the picture here as well. This is a place called First Look ETF, and the article is titled Exploring New ETFs Investing in Bitcoin, Frontier Markets, and ESG Themes. This was from the 18th of November, so it missed the cut last week because we didn't see it, um, but we thought we'd highlight it this week as well. In this episode, First Look um, is, oh, and by the way, it is sponsored by the NYSE, so NYSE, New York Stock Exchange, the NYSE, and uh, in this one, host Stephanie Stanton explores new ETFs and invest in frontier markets. And that ticket code for the global ETF investors out there is FMQQ. They also look at Bitcoin BITO, that's the Bitcoin Futures ETF, and thematic ESG strategies, so CLNR, E-Q-U-L-H-A-R-T and O-C-E-N. I would have a guess that O-C-E-N is probably something to do with the ocean and ESG type investing. So, I mean, it is in that ESG bucket, so worth a look at there. CLNR, so clean energy, perhaps um, equality for E-Q-U-L, H-A-R-T, maybe that is heart, so it's probably an equality one as well, but um, that's just my guess. Certainly, you've got to do your own research and, and take a look at those ETFs uh, there yourself. So in this one, her guests include Douglas Jones from, uh, the, he's the head of ETFs or exchange traded products at the NYSE, Kevin Carter, founder and chief investment officer uh, of the EMQQ and FMQQ ETFs. And then finally, Simeon Hyman, oh sorry, second last is Simeon Hyman. Um, he's head of investment strategy at ProShares. And then finally, Wendy Wong, head of sustainable investment partnerships at New York Life Investment. So this is 21 minutes. It's a new podcast that we're highlighting, certainly worth a look. Uh, make sure you do check them out. And then the next one is CNBC, uh, their ETF Edge show. And in this one, they're talking about new Bitcoin uh, ETF pitfalls. And per the show notes, so CNBC's Leslie Picker spoke to Tom Lydon, the CEO at ETF Trends. And we highlighted uh, one of the articles from ETF Trends by Dave Nadig up above. And so in this podcast. It's also a chat with David Botset from uh, he's head of equity product and strategy at Schwab Asset Management. And finally, 
David Abner, head of business development at Gemini. And all of these guys are talking about ETFs. They discuss the cyclical trade as the reopening story loses steam, how to invest is set up ahead of the holiday season, plus two of the ETF community's favorite themes, ESG and crypto. And certainly before, I mean, before we were even doing the newsletter, we saw a lot of movements here and overseas on ESG, and that was like our favorite kind of topic. And it still is, but you know, we couldn't ignore all this talk about crypto as well. And what they're saying here is ESG and crypto have been the community's favorite themes. We certainly can see why. I mean, people want to do better for the planet, so ESG and better for each other. So ESG is really a thing and it will continue to grow. It's such a big industry over here and overseas. Um, and then also crypto as well, especially not just for the, the cryptocurrencies, but the things that the blockchain can do. So if you look into decentralized finance, there's amazing utility that can come from that as well. So worth a look and why, and in this show, why one guest actually thinks that a pure play Bitcoin ETF could be just around the corner. And certainly over there, the SEC has not approved anything. Vanek tried last week and were not able to get something across the line. That's Vanek over in the States, but they certainly are going to keep trying. We, we think that, you know, whether it's Australia that comes first with it or the US, both of the things that we would have in common is that Canada has beaten both of us to the punch in terms of pure spot price Bitcoin type ETFs, whether it's Bitcoin or Ethereum. Canada's got them. So well done, Canada. You're ahead of the game there. Um, and we are chasing that. So that's it for the podcast. Now we get to the tweet of the week. And this week's tweet highlight, we show asiamarkets.com. So it's not something that we've seen before, but we couldn't ignore this tweet because they highlight the top 10 ETF launches of 2021. And if you go to the tweet, you'll be able to see that. So we'll go to this uh, tweet highlighted here. And so let's take a look at the picture, the biggest ETF. So since inception and where it was as of the date of recording this um, for uh, asiamarkets.com, Nuveen Growth Opportunities ETF, N-U-G-O, Nugo or Nugo. That was launched late September, 2021. And that has now 3.3 billion worth of AUM assets under management. We call it funds under management here, but most of the world is AUM. So. That's one there. And fourth on the list, even though it had the biggest one day launch is the ProShares Bitcoin strategy ETF BITO. It is, uh, it launched on the 18th of October. So it's the newest one amongst this list here, but it's already number four. So it's got nearly $1.4 billion worth of assets under management. And so certainly an interesting one to look at there as well. Okay. And so that is the tweet of the week. And then finally, we've got the chart. Oh, sorry, not finally. We've still got a few more to go. Chart of the week, and in this one, it is actually a tweet uh, that we highlighted from ETF Action, and that is Mike Aikens over there at ETF Action. And this one here is showing the performance of SARC, and we can see SARC in the blue going moving positively since it launched, whereas ARK, ARKK, the ETF that it is shorting basically has been uh, negative. So as long as ARK doesn't do well, the SARC ETF is going to do well. You can check out this uh, picture, this image, this data visualization from a tweet from Mike Aikens at ETF Action. And he's got a lot of other pictorial visual kind of ETF uh, images there breaking down either how ETF industry sections are performing or within an ETF, the breakdown of the companies within that ETF, how those are performing as well. So make sure to follow Mike on Twitter too. 
And then finally, we get to the ETF education section. In this case, it is the ETF story by Bloomberg. And it's a six-part series. And as I said at the start, we followed this series when we were starting to think about what do we want to write uh, on our blog on ETF Tracker and what better way than to talk about the history and what better way to talk about the history than to uh, look at this uh, series, six-part series from Bloomberg where they go through um, the inception of ETFs and where the idea, the origin story of these ETFs came from and um, from that inception, which started way back in the Wall Street crash of 1987 and what uh, it led to and how long it took. So it was not until 1993 since then um, that they were able to actually get an ETF listed and that was the SPY. So yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly worth a look at there. And then if you want to access the ETF tracker app, there's a link here. ETF Tracker Forum, for those that might have questions about what to do with certain ETFs, we've got a forum that we uh, have people you know, coming along to. There are sections in those forums where people have asked us to review certain ETFs or pairs of ETFs or more. So we certainly will do that there. Um, we've kind of slowed down on that list just as work's picked up, but we'll have a look at that again. And then finally, I wanted to highlight that ETF Investing Australia, which is a Facebook group that we're a part of. We didn't start it, but it's at uh, two to uh, no 2.1k or 2100 members and growing each week about 100 members are coming into it each week so thank you very much for those that are on that facebook group there's a lot of other facebook groups that are out there as well so we'll do another post highlighting all of those because wherever it is that you're coming from um there's always a lot of good insights and education there from others amongst the community about etfs so whether you're coming to learn or you're coming to help and share and spread your knowledge um, certainly worth a look, but if you are uh, on Facebook, then make sure to take a look at ETF Investing Australia, where one of, we are one of the moderators there, so you can uh, certainly ask for help. And uh, yeah, this is a growing group that we wanted to highlight. So thanks to Chad for starting that one there. And that's it. So great. Uh, you guys have seen the preview of um, what is going on in uh, the week uh, for Exchange Traded Fridays. This is for the, as I said, the week ending the 26th of November. So when you are watching, listening, or even reading about this in the newsletter, this is uh, Friday. We record this on Thursday evening. So we do thank you for your time and we wish you all the best and we'll see you again soon. And if you haven't liked, shared and subscribed, please make sure that you do. And we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you next week. Take care.